Welcome to the Alan Brazil Lockdown Winecast. Here we go. Welcome to the Alan Brazil Lockdown Winecast. Here we go. Good afternoon and welcome, welcome to the Alan Brazil Lockdown Podcast, Winecast, as I'm just just trying a beautiful red, South African red. Uh, We're going to talk about beautiful and also... Uh, we're going to talk about uh, another beautiful rosy. I know the weather's deserted us a wee bit at the moment, but don't worry about that. We'll come back to that rosy because, as I've told you in the past, I love a bit of Whispering Angel. Well, I've got another one uh, from Provence, which I think you really, really like. Uh, it's, in my opinion, not as great as Whispering, but it's up there and a lot, lot cheaper, Okay. Right, so I want to take you to South Africa, to Hermanus, uh, out on the Atlantic Ocean there, round from the Cape. And it turns out that this vineyard, um, some friends of mine actually own it. And I've been invited out there many, many times. Holly and Simon Turner, big Ipswich Town fans. In fact, Holly and Simon were on the board a few years ago. And they decided to go into the wine business. And the, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm... I, I don't know how much they knew about wine at the time, but it was a few years ago, and I went, good luck, you know, fantastic, because it really interests me. But wait you see this. This is magnificent. This is out at uh, Hermanus, as I say, on the Atlantic Ocean, Walker's Bay. And the label, the vineyard, is Summeridge, okay? Summeridge, S-U-M-A-R-I-D-G-E. Summeridge Estate Wines. And I have tried some of the Pinot Noir, which I love, and it is a beautiful Pinot Noir. But I've got a different one uh, we're trying today, and this is beautiful. And this is um, Epitome, 2011, 2011 Epitome. And this is rather, rather nice, I promise you. So it's um, Upper Hemel and Ard Valley, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. And it's Walker's Bay, South Africa. It is beautiful. It is quite, it's quite punchy, 14.5%. So you've got to be a little bit careful here. So Hemel and Ard Valley means heaven and earth. What about that? And the valley is aptly named. It's beautiful. It's often referred to as Little Burgundy over in South Africa, over on the Cape, because of the valley's reputation for producing world-class cool climate Chardonnays, and the beautiful Pinot Noir. Having bought the vineyard, Holly and Sam were keen that others should be able to share with them uh, the beauty of this stunning estate, and they've transformed the former farm cottage into a beautiful secluded five-room lodge. It really is it's a bit special. As I say, big Ipswich fans as well. Um, Simon and Holly both work in the city of London, but spend a lot of time out in South Africa now. So what about the wine? Um, red blend is Shiraz, 60%, Pinotage, 40%. Um, release, the one I'm trying here, uh, release date was June 2015, okay? And a little bit about the soil. From deep gravelly looms, the rock to shallow weathered granite clays, a representation across the property, okay? Uh, fermentation, I don't get too clever here, but 30% wild yeast in large oak vats and balance with selected yeast and closed stainless steel red wine fermenters 
post-fermentation, eight separate batches taken separately to the barrel, okay? So individual batches are matured for 18 months with a single racking after MLF. The batches were blended after tasting input from the entire staff. Now, hold on. Just bear with me. Just let me have a little... Oh, that is rich. That is beautiful. The way the weather's turned these past few days, I'm down in Suffolk talking to you. Um, we had blistering hot weather. It's changed a little bit. A little bit chillier now, so the heating's on. And this is perfect, again, with a nice red meat or cheese, okay? So it's the Summary Just Ate Wines. Have a look. If you can Google it, have a look. Walker's Bay, round from the Cape on the Atlantic, and it is absolutely stunning, okay? Um, so 20, 2011, um, it's, it's just, how can I describe it? It's, it's warm, it's, um, it's heavy, but... The taste in your mouth is just absolutely beautiful, I promise you. It really is nice. Let me see what else I can find for me here. So you know about the valley, uh, gorgeous. The, the wine, a cake blend embodies what is summerage. And, and you must have a look at this because it is beautiful. Um, so a seamless integration showing brooding fruit, counterbalanced with a savourness which encompasses wild plum, white, white spice, Smoky meat, damp earth, and a luxuriant finish. Friendly but not overbearing. And again, I probably had half a glass. It is it's still in my mouth. It's beautiful. Diverse in flavour with a complementary expression of all components to present a well-balanced whole, leaving a lasting impression with the desire to return. Basically, an expression of Africa. So, epitome, 2011, Summary estate wines. Have a little look at that. Car South Africa as well. Talking great memories. I remember going down there. My first visit down to South Africa. We went to a place called Swaziland, which is on the border. And um, you got the king of Swaziland down there. And I actually went there in 1983 with Spurs. Um, and it was either Spurs or Man United, against Man United or Spurs Liverpool. I can't remember. But um, we ended up... Uh, it was it was like one of the big casinos. Sun City was the big casino down there. But we were in the, I think it was a Holiday Inn casino on the border because a lot of the rich South Africans used to drive out over the border into Swazi where they could play. And, um, you know, they could play the tables. There was dancing shows. Or so rather than go, in fact, it was before Sun City, or was it? It was around the time anyway. But th this place in um, Swazi was brilliant. And, uh, but I ended up playing golf, getting stuck in. There was a couple of golf uh, resorts there. And we were playing an exhibition game. So all the, the football fans would come out from Joburg or Cape Town, flying into Swazi, and we'd play. And it was just magic. I was playing golf with Hanson, uh, Kenny, Dalglish, and people like that. It was, and then I think the following year I went there with Spurs again with Man United. And it, it was just it was special. There's no doubt about it. The people, you know, the smell of the air, the red dust, it really, you know, you just it want you want to go back again. You want to go back again. And I'm dying to get up to Cape Town. That's where I really want to go. I've still not done it. They tell me the Twelve Apostles, a beautiful hotel down there. Uh, Cape Town is stunning. So that that's one of the on the wish list I have to do. So on to uh, this special rosé. Um, right, this is this is of course from Provence, right? 
And it's got a bit of it's got a bit of history behind this vineyard. The history of wine in France, of course, is older than the country itself. The ideal climate of the south of France has long seduced the likes of ancient Greek explorers, Romans, etc. So we're talking about Maison Angevin, okay? It's located in the hills of Saint-Tropez. France profits from the unique what's a microclimate in the peninsula. The grapes are bathed with sun for over 300 days a year and well watered by the heavy rains of the winter months, of course. Uh, grapes of Grenache, Tiborin and Mour Verdre are harvested by hand at night by the family and groups of friends. Is a labour of love, sweat and passion, which culminates at sunrise when everyone sits down to break bread together. And the vineyard pays homage to life's richest moments, one drop of time. So let me tell you about it, right? So it's Angelvin. When Louis Angelvin passed away, he left the keys to his estate to his son, Jacques, and the granddaughter, Veronique. Uh, Jacques Anvilvin was a well-known French tele television personality, okay, who'd received some notoriety, notoriety, the wine's kicking him, for his involvement in the French connection. What about that? Hey, Popeye Doyle, do you remember that? His gregarious social nature allowed Maison Angovine to receive attention beyond the beaches of Saint-Tropez. But so we're trying here. 2019 Angovine. By the way, it's beautiful. It's a rosé Provence. Now, this is the good news for you, okay? And I've, let me tell you, my daughters have been around and they are loving this. And it is just around between £13 and £14 a bottle. Yes! You know, some of the wines we're talking about, 2025. 20, this is every day in the summer, 13, 14 pound a bottle. So 2019 was another beautifully blistering hot summer across the south of France, which has produced seriously some good rosé in Provence. The beautifully delicate shimmer of silvery pink in the glass is wonderful, alluring. Uh, it's beautiful, white peach, wild strawberry. The palate is perfectly balanced with lively red summer berry fruit, orange blossom and pink grapefruit with a hint, just a hint of spice, leading to a long, crisp finish. A delight in its own, but equally with dinner. No no, no problem there. So uh, going back to um, uh, Angel Venus, so it's family-owned. And, um, you know, we, we talk about fantastic... Provence, the problem is Provence has got so many great roses. Right, but I'm just looking at the bottle. It's nothing flash, anything like that. Maison Angovine, uh, Cote de Provence. It is. It really is worth a go. It's worth a try. We're talking about not too crazy as well. Twelve and a half percent. Okay, and I suggest if you have, um, well, something light with it. You know, chicken or fish in the summer if you're sitting outside, um, or even snacks. You know, and at that sort of price, don't get me wrong, thirteen, fourteen quid still. You know, it's not everyone's, everyone can afford to go and drink that every day. But when you're talking about some of the big ones we have spoken about on this podcast, uh, 20, 24, 25 quid, I think this is a great, great, I really do. I think this is a, a great deal for the money it costs. But I will warn you, it is selling out. A friend of mine, you know, Johnny, Johnny Wheeler, he's told me that they can't get enough of this stuff because he thinks value for money it's fabulous. And I did tell you, I love Whispering Angel, um, which is my favourite. It really is. But I tell you what, you won't go too far wrong with this one. The hills behind Saint-Tropez as well. You know what the weather's like there in the summer. It's magical. So I thought I'd chuck in a, a red. That's a Summerage um, Epitome 2011. 
which I promise you is lovely. And they call it the Provence, the Maison Angevin, um, for real good value. I talked to you a little bit about racing because at the moment racing's back, isn't it? And we are going to do a little podcast uh, from Royal Ascot Racing uh, the, the Royal Ascot Racing uh, Club, they have a beautiful wine selection as well. And, of course, we're going to be watching on telly, but there's some great packages they've sent me. And I actually, on the Monday before Cheltenham races, I was down in beautiful Broadway sampling some of their wines in view of Royal Ascot. And, of course, it's creeping up on us now. We've got the Derby coming up. The English King, did you see him win the other day at Lingfield? Wow. He is a huge contender. And the Guineas winner, Cameco, just the other day from Newmarket, Andrew Balding, they can do nothing wrong. And he may take some stopping in the Derby, Cameco. So Cameco would be a little bit like Summeridge Epitome 2011, which is beautiful. But if you're looking for value, just maybe the old Maison Angevin, Cote de Provence, for a lot less. Take your pick. Is it going to be English King, Camico? Is it going to, is we going to go to the Provence, the Rosé? Are you going to go for the Summerage? Take your pick. We'll be back in a few days. We're going to talk about Royal Ascot and a few little football stories as well. Enjoy as the weather's turned a little bit chillier, but only for a few days. Maybe it's the epitome Summerage to start. And then next weekend, we get stuck back in to Maison Angevin. Tony, take it away.